nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 689, September 8, 2021. 99 degrees was the high on this day. That was recorded in 1931. And it was 36 degrees on this day in 1883. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushere. Man, am I glad we have a podcast. Why is that, Joe? Because there is so much to discuss, and all of it's important, including this email from Tony in Bloomington. All right. Joe and crew, I hope all is well. I had the displeasure of walking through the Rochester Target this morning while my grandfather was visiting his doctor at Mayo. This is written today. While perusing the technology aisle, checking out all the latest gadgets, trying to kill some time, a young female employee, only identified as Nikki, N-I-Q-U-E, her pronouns are they, them, walked up to me and calmly asked me to leave the store. Befuddled, I calmly asked why. She proceeded to state that my T-shirt is against company policy for offensive imagery. The T-shirt in question is a plain Garage Logic logo black t-shirt I had purchased at the fair. Upon being threatened with law enforcement intervention, I dropped the few items I had planned to purchase and exited the store. Apparently, the Mysterians are afraid of the GL movement. Always pushing back Tony and Bloomington. Wow. And you guys tell me you don't believe this. Well, now, I that, believe you've it. Read the, yeah. now you, that you've read the whole thing, mm-hmm. what what is offensive about the GL logo? I'm looking it's at the G- logo right now. It just says so, G and L. Yeah. It says Garage Logic. Wait a minute. The thought just occurred to me. Could it be that, this is a leap, so bear with me, but could it be that it's in some way infringing on the GLBTQ RS community? I, I've never looked at it that way. By it's, the way, uh, that's for the N-I-Q-U-I spelling of N-I-Q-U-E. Nikki. Sorry. And I presume what Tony was able to see was her name tag, which must have included the information that her pronouns are they, them. Ah. Tony needs to get a hold of us and leave a phone number. We need to, we need to delve deeper into this. No, no, I um, want to go to the Rochester Target well, that's what that's the next GL step. flag, after, GL sweatshirt. No, after we talk to Tony, that's going to be the next logical step, obviously. And by the way, wouldn't would it be Neek? I have no Not idea. Nikki? I, I still I'm, think I'm getting, he's having fun with us. I don't think he is. You know, like Dominique Wilkins was N I Q U. I don't know. Let's not worry about it. Okay. We have a ballot question in Minneapolis. 
Well, I think we could do one hour on just this T-shirt topic. I know. (laughs) Uh, I want to go in there and test other T-shirts, see what else flies and doesn't fly. You know, remember the hat you sent Don Vogel in with? Yeah. uh, Home with? (laughs) Right. The the boob hat? He went to the bank with that on. Yeah. Two Two boobs uh, bouncing on the visor. You guys told him it was a Cubs hat. Told him it was a Cubs hat. Yeah. Uh, I want to go in there with that, see how that plays out. Anyway. Uh, Here's the latest ballot language. Shall the Minneapolis City Charter be amended to remove the police department and replace it with the Department of Public Safety that employs a comprehensive public health approach to the delivery of functions by the Department of Public Safety with those specific functions to be determined by the mayor and city council by ordinance, which will not be subject to exclusive mayoral power over its establishment, maintenance, and command, and which could include licensed police officers, if necessary, to fulfill its responsibilities for public safety, with the general nature of the amendment being briefly indicated in the explanatory note below, which is made part of this ballot. Yes or no? You vote no. Here's the explanatory note that I guess gets to be included. This amendment would create a Department of Public Safety combining public safety functions through a comprehensive public health approach to be determined by the mayor and council. The department would be led by a commissioner nominated by the mayor and appointed by the council. The police department and its chief would be removed from the city charter. The public safety department could include police officers, but the minimum funding requirement would be eliminated. I submit to you this is the most important ballot question that Minneapolis has ever had on a ballot. Without a doubt. And it's... It's the most important because the people wishing to bring change to America are watching this. This is their test case. This is their wish to get the camel's nose in the tent, in my estimation, at the beginning of nationalizing everything. (laughs) It's September 8th. Right. What's your level of confidence? That the, that the residents of the city of Minneapolis will do what's right, that will vote the right way. The Star Tribune allowed comments on this story today, oh, and boy. there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and I'm gathering that the ones I read were predominantly no votes. However, the people that are responding to that are obviously informed people that actually read the newspaper. Well, you got to remember that the petition created by Yes for Minneapolis with the help of $100,000 in outside money mm-hmm. got 22,000 signatures. Yep. So let's well, say how do you those, feel? Huh? Uh, how do you feel about the wording, the language? I like it. Both. I yeah, like it, yeah. but you're going to have to read you have to read that explanatory note to realize this kisses goodbye any fundamental requirement to have the number of police officers based on the population of the city. Yeah, yeah. The explanatory note is the icing on the cake. It needs to be read, yeah. And I guess I just continue to fall back on, there's too many, the number of uninformed voters, mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion, far outweighs the number of informed voters, especially when you get closer to the country's tallest buildings. This is a national test. This is a test of the preservation of your city versus the wish for your city to become something it is not. Brought to you by outside agencies, outside forces and activists who would wish to turn Minneapolis into their experiment 
uh, which I suspect ultimately would lead to the federalizing of police. Oh, my God. Because we've had to think about this. We've had to analyze this. There has to be something behind this. And and that's what I think it is. That's what I think it is. You're not going to get anyone from Yes for Minneapolis to admit that to me. They're going to say, no, we're opposed to police brutality and we think we have a better idea. Well, you don't have a better idea. First of all, police brutality is statistically non-existent. But you're playing off the George Floyd death and you've run with this for a year. This was your greatest test case was this city. Uh, Because in no other city was a, uh, a black man uh, had his neck knelt on by a, a police officer. A white police officer. A white police yeah. officer. So this is where they zeroed in. And they successfully got 22,000 people to get this question put on the ballot. Mm. And I, we'll go back to it. We've, we've brought this up a million times, but go back to it again. What, what in God's name do the voters of Minneapolis need for further evidence? Mm-hmm. That they... That, they not only need the current police department, they need twice as many cops right now. Yeah. Well, Kenny yeah, wants a number of yeah. cops, that's, so they're bored. Yeah. I want to go back to the day where they're sitting in their squad in the corner, and I roll up next to them and say, hey, come hang out at Sibley Park across from my house. No we kidding. Could, we could use a couple of you guys. Just And it was just because little kids were using, or not little kids, teenagers were using foul language in front of little kids and moms. Uh, but uh, anyway, Such, it looks like the uh, Star Tribune is also agreeing here. Did you see their editorial yes. today? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> This is a major, major test for the future of this country. That's how significant this is. As they win here, every country, every city in the country will fall like dominoes. The dominoes, yep, will begin to fall. Well, where else have they... Didn't they push this through in Austin, Texas, if I believe? I believe you're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's hell down there, according to my sister. In a story that uh, Jordy alerted me to, uh, in a not necessarily unrelated story, the Minnesota Freedom Fund, that's a group of activists and celebrities who donate money to bail out people. They sure right? do, mm-hmm. Joe. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota yeah. Freedom Fund explained last Friday it is continuing to look for the best way to fulfill its mission of providing bail support after a man they bailed out is now facing murder charges. George Howard was bailed out by the Minnesota Freedom Fund on August 6th according to court records, after he was arrested on a domestic violence charge. This week he was charged again, this time accused of murder in the shooting along I-94 near Dowling Avenue in Minneapolis on August 29th. Unreal. This week, reacting to the arrest, reacting to the arrest, the Minnesota Freedom Fund acknowledged bailing out Howard, saying in recent months they have taken steps to adjust their policies for bailing out people accused of crimes. Under new leadership, Minnesota Freedom Fund has implemented changes to its policies and procedures, and we will continue to assess them to ensure that we are being responsive to the safety and needs of our community, organization wrote. MFF is closely monitoring developments in this case and will share more information as additional facts become known. The organization has faced criticism over the past year and past year and a half after national attention following the death of George Floyd. Uh, that resulted in that nonprofit banking $35 million mm-hmm. that they used to bail people out. With the new funds, the organization began bailing out more individuals, which sparked criticism from Republican lawmakers seeking to restrict the group and 
even the Hennepin County attorney. So here you have a problem, folks. Uh, man, I'm bloated for bear today. They, uh, they Joe, is, Joe, oh, go ahead, Joe, it's an ongoing problem. This isn't an isolated I- I incident. This is, this is going on and on and on again. Jordy has a good idea. Wonder what would happen if all the people who have been victimized by this revolving door system brought a class action suit against the Minnesota Freedom Fund and their merry band of hacks and flax. Can we list Justin Timberlake at the head of that, by the way? Does he get, could did that, he get money? Oh, yeah. Could he that was be big done? on that. Is that doable? I don't know. By the way, they did issue a statement 16 hours ago, the Minneapolis Freedom Fund. or Minnesota? Me, sorry, Minnesota Freedom Fund, that they then since have deleted. Would you like to hear a snippet of it? Yeah. Uh, here's their fun, uh, here's their statement on the fatal shooting in Minneapolis. The following is an updated statement from Morella Seha Dash Orokes and El- Eliza Darris, the co-executive directors. We are aware of reports of the tragic and fatal shooting in Minneapolis earlier this week, allegedly involving George Howard, an individual the Minnesota Freedom Fund had previously provided with bail support. The killing of Luis Martinez Ortiz is an undeniable loss and tragedy for the entire community. We have heard from you, and we have revised this statement because our previous statement did not acknowledge this deep loss, and for that we apologize. While we are still steadfast in our mission of providing bail support to people in need, we continue to look at the best way to do this. We apologize for any harm from our previous statement, and we'll continue to dialogue with the community about how we can best serve our mission. This is part and parcel to the defund the police movement. 100%. this This is a belief that uh, Howard should not have had to spend any time. Here's what I would do. Now, undeniably, you've got some people in jail who who would benefit by being bailed out. Is that a fair statement? Sure. Uh, and they don't have any money and maybe... Uh, well, what's the percentage there? Uh, Let's I don't talk know. numbers. I don't yeah, know. Right, right. But, but wouldn't you base uh, who you're going to bail out based on what they've been arrested for? Absolutely. I'm not going to bail out somebody that was arrested for domestic violence. And the, and their criminal history, right, Such. right. Yeah. But this is again; these are people who don't like the structural application of law enforcement, and believing it to be marginalizing people for a variety of reasons. It's very part and parcel to the defund the police movement. It's uh, it's insanity. It's intrusive. It threatens the lives of innocent people, and uh, they're not going away. They got a thirty-five million dollar bank account. You know what'd be interesting to find out is if these two cases with this Howard character, if they were connected in any way. In other words, was his domestic violence uh, charge connected to the murder of this guy, or or was this just two? Completely separate incidents, which I think is an even bigger problem. I think it's, I, my suspicion would be it's two separate incidents. There you go. This is just a bad guy that they bailed out. Right. So what they need to do is they just need to do a, a more intensive work on who they choose to bail out. But you're making the mistake that they have the right intentions for this in the first place, Joe. Well... Their intentions would be that they think it's unfair for somebody, uh, you know, you're not guilty till proven innocent, Mm -hmm. and they think it's unfair 
What do they think? They think it's unfair yeah. to, to keep yeah, a domestic violator in jail? Apparently. Yeah, I guess. No, no, I, period. What do they think, period? Yeah. And who's making the decision to uh, say yes or no? Yeah, this guy gets bailed. No, this guy doesn't. Who's making that decision? Is it a lawyer? Probably not. No. Well, do you want to just keep going with this? Keep it rolling, baby. All right. Ramsey County Attorney John Choi will no longer prosecute most felony cases that result from traffic stops for minor violations. The new policy will be aimed at fundamentally changing the use of non-public safety traffic stops by police, which typically occurs when a motorist is stopped for an equipment violation to seek evidence of a more serious crime, the county attorney's office said in a media advisory. These types of stops disproportionately affect black and brown communities and undermine the trust in the work police do every day to serve and protect the public. Let me stop right there. Does that mean that makes it sound like Choi believes that every time you stop a car for a minor infraction, the copper has something else on his mind. I don't believe that. I don't either. Yeah. But that is exactly what he's saying. Since a Brooklyn Center police officer fatally shot Dante Wright during a traffic stop in April, state and local policymakers, along with community members, have scrutinized the practice of police pulling over drivers for minor infractions. In St. Paul and Ramsey County, the serious examination of traffic stops was already underway. Choi told the Pioneer Press uh, just this past spring that he drafted a policy last summer not to prosecute cases that come out of pretextual stops. He said the policy would have an exception for public safety. What does that mean? Choi previously said he had not implemented the policy because he was talking with law enforcement about changing the circumstances under which they pull people over. All right. He did this in conjunction with various uh, city groups and philanthropic organizations and law enforcement and what have you. But to me, he's saying uh, if a cop pulls over a guy for, well, what this is going to end is a cop pulling over a guy for no taillight. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just going to end. So you'll never know if the guy with the bad taillight had a warrant out for his arrest because of a kidnapping charge. Or domestic abuse, like or we were domestic just talking about with the previous case. Do you think that this is in some way his attempt, however uh, misguided, is his attempt to lower crime rates? No. No, no, hear, hear me out. Because under oh, his I know watch— what you're that he could say, saying. look at crime statistics have gone down, even though crime hasn't decreased, no. it's increased. Uh, uh, that would require, no, I don't think so, Chris, although I understand what you're saying. This is just him checking the wind and saying, okay, I see which way the wind's blowing. I, I won by a landslide victory in, what was it, Joe, 2018? Mm-hmm. I'm up um, for re-election. I'm up for election. I see which way the wind is blowing. I'm doing, This is what I'm doing. And is he even allowed to run again? Well, what he's announcing is he no longer intends to do his job. <laughs> right. And as a, an elected official, he can't be run out of office tomorrow, no. which he needs to be. He needs to be removed immediately. Immediately. Well, it, he is it, ineffective at his job. It, it also signals something far more insidious, and that is, again, uh, here's the quote. These types of stops disproportionately affect black and brown communities and undermine the trust in the work police do every day to serve and protect the public. Well, you're just telling me, John, then that you think black and brown people are less than. You don't expect them to behave. Right, you're not you, holding them you to don't, the same you standard. Don't, you, don't, uh, you don't hold them to uh, any accountability whatsoever to make sure they have both license plates on and their lights work. 
You don't have any way, yeah, any accountability. And where did at this all? start? This started in the schools. Mm-hmm. This started in the schools when it was it, it was as simple as library fines, and then it was as simple as oh well, well, that didn't even start in the schools. Melvin Carter's almost his first order of business was to relieve people of their overdue library fines. Well, unbelievable. Well, Choi's got a lot of explaining to do here. Which he won't. In other words, if a if a police officer stops me because my brake lights don't work, and he when he goes to his computer and enters my information and discovers that I'm wanted for a, a shooting spree, Choi's not going to prosecute that. No. Now he does say uh, he would. What does he say? He said he would. Uh, oh, he, he would charge in, in if public safety was affected. So maybe I would get charged. But what, I have. But, but the safety? cop has to file that, and then Choi's going to look at it and say, "No, that guy got stopped." That, well, I'm white, so he'd probably say, "Well, yeah, we'll file it." Yeah, one. put Sushri in the clink. Yeah, he's going in. But but Choi would have to look at that and say, "No, I'm I'm not going to prosecute this uh, felony accusation because you just merely stopped the guy because he didn't have brake lights." I'm a traffic reporter, but I'm not going to report traffic. Screw the traffic and screw you. The, <laughs> you know what? That's how absurd this is. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I'm a waitress, but I'm not going to wait on you. Yep. Uh, this is this is obscene. You know, I, I could have a discussion with you if we're talking misdemeanors here. You know, then let, let, let's talk about it. But felonies, no, 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 no. You need to resign immediately. By the way, he's a, he is a, an immigrant. He, he, came, he was born in 70, came over with his parents in 73. From China? Um, no, uh, Korea. Korea? I yeah. know John. I have found him to be a personable fellow. Uh, he used to have his morning cigarette in the parking lot of the Pioneer Press. <laughs> when it was still there? Yeah, when it was downtown. He uh, graduated St. Thomas and uh, Marquette. I can't fault and, him for that, but I can. And Hamlin University Law School and University of Minnesota Humphrey School. Of, I mean, he's a smart, obviously, a very intelligent. What? So I, I don't understand. None of us do. Who cares if these stops are disproportionately black and brown people? Who cares? Aren't black and brown people supposed to adhere to the same rules as I have to? You would think so in a normal, normally functional society that, that that would be the case, Joe. Well, again, this is not necessarily unrelated to the Minnesota Freedom Fund bailout program. This is not necessarily unrelated to defund the police ballot question. There is a great movement afoot to decriminalize much behavior. Well, it's already be, it's already happening. Yeah. And, and we're already... St- yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just going to say, our crime stats are through the roof already, and they're getting worse. And we're already seeing police officers not pulling people over for stuff like this just because they don't want to deal with Kenny, it. Kenny, out here, I don't know if you noticed it when you were in town for the fair, University Avenue, because didn't they, they, they changed all the speed limits, right, in Minneapolis to 20 for residential 20 is, streets? 20 is plenty. Thank 20 you. 20 is plenty. But, I mean, people are going 50 miles an well, hour on this thing out here. Uh, the problem is both Minneapolis and St. Paul have announced they're no longer doing traffic enforcement. You know, they because have. they're 
Yeah, because uh, St. Paul just announced. Yeah, St. Paul just announced it. What a week or two ago. Yeah, they're too busy. Resp- no, it was. Uh, help me, Joe. It was last. It was the night before we had Sheriff Fletcher on. Whenever that was. Um, who's your fair? police chief over we there? We had him last Thursday, I believe. Uh, who's your police chief? I, Todd Axtell. Yeah, Todd. Didn't Todd announce that? I think he did. We better. Uh, uh, I, th- I, I think Reavers can verify that. While I tell you, we better that confirm that. Many of these, uh, many of these situations where you might find yourself in harm's way can be avoided by where you work, and uh, returning to work can be a pleasure. At Center Point of Mendota Heights Commercial Office Park, it's locally owned and operated. It's on a. It's an eight-building campus in a rolling park line, park-like setting in Mendota. Easy access to the airport. Highways 55, 62, 494, 35E. Uh, free parking, of course, right outside your door. They're all single story. There's no wait for elevators. You all have your own restrooms. Every office space is customizable so you can get exactly what you want. They have air purification system in the buildings. It's just lovely. It's a lovely, lovely park-like campus. There's patio space available for relaxing lunches on some of these beautiful summer days we've had. Find out much more at escapetomendota.com. That's one word, escapetomendota.com. Before we go to break, uh, I did find it. Kenny is correct. Uh, St. Paul Police Chief Todd Axtell has discontinued the department's traffic enforcement unit so that the department is able to respond to more 911 calls. He is also asking for more officers and has said that his officers are being pushed to the brink. Right. That's when he went to the city council budget meeting. And uh, ruffled some feathers because, as a department head, you were, you're supposed to play along. And he said, "Hey, hey, hey! Are you kidding me? Come on! Here. I need some more dough here. We're <laughs> right. way low on cops." Such that's been the great secret in Minneapolis for years and years and years. When I was living there, I would go down uh, Lake Street turns into Marshall, right? Yep. So I'd go down Marshall towards the river, westbound always watching my speed limit because St. Paul would put an unmarked down there right by the river and yep. he'd hit us. Yep. And then as soon as you get over the bridge, you get onto Lake Street in Minneapolis, about 15 miles per hour because you ain't getting pulled over in Minneapolis. <laughs> Hey, Garage Logic would like to welcome Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services to the podcast. Andy and his crew at Kahuna take care of all the stuff around your house that you really hate doing. Window cleaning, gutter cleaning, pressure washing, roof washing. They will even put up, take down, and store your holiday lights. They service the entire metro area from North Branch to Norwood, Young America. Kahuna is also a veteran-owned company and honored to be recommended by Trust Vets. Throughout the entire month of September, they have a great special on soft washing just for GLers. If you look under your eaves on the north side of your house you'll probably see some gray dirt it's actually algae it can grow anywhere siding patio patio furniture deck and even on your roof the proper way to clean this is usually not with water pressure kahuna's soft wash method uses low pressure water with a mixture of algicide to kill the algae so it stays clean longer and doesn't damage your house right now for glers only pricing for house washing packages start at just 299 dollars this special will only run through the month of september head to kahunawindowcleaning.com to schedule a washing. Make sure that you ask for the GL special. kahunawindowcleaning.com You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. 
You know, we had about 10 musical acts. Anybody else? Uh, are you kidding me? These pipes? These are the Suaves. I know. I'm, uh, I'm taking my shirt off. Yeah, he is. <laughs> you know what Royce used to say about Dennis Eckersley? Yep. He gives me urges. Yep. That's what this guy's voice does to me. <laughs> I get some really fun, cool... I think John gets all the hate mail. Joe, you get the serious stuff. And I all the leftover fun guys email me. So I get an email a couple of days ago from Joe and Egan wondering if uh, what I said about the heydays and the snowmobiles and the horsepower was correct because I said 800 horsepower. Uh, and I panicked and I started researching it. But before I could even finish, finish researching it, I get a note from Keith. He's with the Snow Barons. Keith writes... And this was unprompted. I, I didn't. I didn't ask him. He goes. I talked with our world-renowned racetrack prep man this morning. He filled me in on some current racer stats. Listen to this, Joe. The sleds that you said had 800 horsepower are now running right around a thousand horsepower and making passes at 3.55 seconds at about 156 miles per hour. Almighty. Wow. I know. Can you no, imagine going from zero to 156 miles an hour in three and a half seconds? No. No, I can't. He's referring to sleds uh, that are running actually this weekend at Heydays. It's about seven miles east, excuse me, of North Branch on 95. The 54th, I cannot talk, the 54th annual celebration. It's this weekend at their 140-acre facility. And, of course, it's the official start of winter. If you're into sleds or, you know what, motorsports of any kind, this is the place to be. This is a must-attend. All the big uh, manufacturers are going to be there showcasing, releasing new offerings. Uh, race teams are going to be there with drivers. Heydays only specials. We see this a lot, uh, and it's from motorcycle and sled dealers uh, and vendors. They all have heyday specials on everything, uh, plus the biggest swap area you can possibly imagine. I'm going to say that swap area is 1 billion acres. That's how big it is. Uh, so bring a huge truck in the biggest trailer you can find because you will find something you need. They're just off Minnesota 95, like I said, seven miles east of North Branch. And just go to the web for more information, heydays.com. I promised you yesterday that I would go back and find the George Will column that had some amazing statistics oh, yeah. about the state of California. And uh, uh, before I begin, uh, it sounds like Newsom is going to survive this. He is really playing the pandemic card and saying, if you elect a conservative Republican, you know, the state will die and get sick. And mm-hmm. I've done such a great job, which is ironic because that w- what began the recall movement was Newsom's handling of the pandemic. You'll recall that he was is- issuing mask mandates everywhere while he was photographed dining without a mask in exclusive restaurants. And right. His hypocrisy yeah. was being called out. And then this Larry Elder uh, came out of the woodwork. And here's, here is uh, George Will's column from August 20 of this year, just about, what, three weeks ago? Slightly more than a month since Larry Elder became a Republican candidate to replace Democrat Gavin Newsom, as California's governor, the electorate that in 2018 elected Newsom is already voting on whether to truncate his term by a recall vote. Elder's campaign is a one-man band. Newsom's is primarily big battalions, government employees unions focused on preserving their parasitic relations with government. And then... uh, What a great phrase. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Under a two-step process, Californians can take a mulligan, voting to remove an official they recently chose and simultaneously electing a replacement from an array of self- 
selected candidates. If Newsom, 53, loses in the first step, voting in September 14, Elder, 69 years old, is heavily favored to win the second. Recall election polls, which depend on guesses about turnout, show the first step vote within the margin of error. From his house high in the Hollywood Hills with a glass wall providing a panoramic view of the city, Elder, clad in jeans and an open-collar shirt, is a picture of relaxation. After 27 years blanketing California with talk radio, he campaigns using that medium, a smattering of television, and all forms of social media to spread an orthodox, conservative, libertarian message. Newsom's message is that Elder's assault on California values risks upending progress. Then George has a one-sentence a one-word sentence, well, period. California has the nation's highest cost of living adjusted poverty rate and one-third of the nation's welfare recipients. In whoa, twi- whoa, what? Yes. A third? Yes. <laughs> this, gets, this gets worse. In 2020, when home wow. building, when, in 2020, when home, and remember, this is Newsom bragging about California values. Uh, in 2020, when home building increased 6.1% nationally in California, where regulations have congealed construction, home building declined 3.7%. Wow. In Texas, the median, that would be half higher and half lower, right? That's what median means? Thank you. That boy. In Texas, the median <laughs> price of a home is 3.5 times the state's median household income. In California, it is almost 10 times. The median home price in San Antonio is $226,665. In Los Angeles, $898,692. The state has more than half the nation's unsheltered homeless. A California earning 58 a Californian earning $58,000 annually plays a, pays a marginal tax rate double that of an Arizonan earning 500,000. California lost a net 70,000 residents in 2019, and in 2022, for the first time ever, it will lose a congressional seat. California's native-born population has been declining since the 1990s. Migration from the state has increased every year but one since 2011. In the past decade, 687,000 Californians moved to Texas. Mm. Uh, Wasn't that what Rogan did? Mm Mm-hmm. Even, yeah, before, even before COVID-19, only 30% of the 8th graders, 19% of Hispanics, 10% of blacks, read proficiently with, with comparable numbers for math. To finance the demands of government employees' unions, California has the nation's highest sales tax and gasoline tax, tripled the national average. Soaring energy prices, partly a result of quixotic attempts to fine-tune the planet's climate, inhibit the creation of industrial jobs. Hence, many who are fleeing the state are under 35 with annual household incomes under 50,000. Among the nation's 53 largest metropolitan areas, San Francisco and Los Angeles rank 52nd and 53rd in birth rates. Since 2010, California's median age has risen 50% faster than the rest of the nation's. In other words, the young people are, are bailing. Newsom would have to be a progeny of perversity to have made this mess more slightly worse since 2018. He should be removed not because he is remarkable, but because he is banal, a fungible cog in a typically blue state political machine. Elder's constituency consists of the dissatisfied. 
Newsom's base, those government employees unions, are government lobbying itself to do what it wants to do, expand. Progressives want to discredit Elder, but because he is black, their explanation of everything, systemic racism, is unhelpful. He rose from South Central L.A. to Brown University and the University of Michigan Law School, practiced law, and founded a search firm for attorneys before finding his vocation, decanting into millions of listeners the thoughts derived from Frederick Hayek, Milton Friedman, Thomas Sowell, Walter Williams, William F. Buckley Jr., Daniel Patrick Monahan, and many others. The pandemic, having... Uh, having concentrated minds on the power of teachers' unions to prevent teaching has opened many minds, especially among California's Hispanic plurality, to elders' plans for schools. Public education money would flow to parents who could spend it on public or private schooling, and unions could no longer protect the incompetent 5%, a conservative estimate of 15,000, of the state's 300,000 public school teachers. In the previous decade, about two teachers a year uh, 0.0007% were fired for poor performance. Having altered the recall rules in June to schedule the vote quickly, Newsom belatedly recognized Elder's strength. His tampering with the process might end his governorship that began with a boast that was an inadvertent warning. California is what America is going to look like. Right. That's a, boy, that last line was exactly what I've been thinking. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> and how would the country benefit if California did, in fact, fall into the sea? Wow. <laughs> that would change everything. Was that- you said along the way, you went over it really quick, they have over half of the nation's homeless? I don't doubt did that you, for a second, Did Kenny. you say that? I'm that gonna, was about midway through? I'm going to get it for you. Kenny... When you are so, we, we were in San Diego during in March. There isn't yeah. a city block that doesn't have a homeless person on it. Wow, I'm looking for that line. I mean, we we would go from our hotel to do whatever, and then we. And granted, keep in mind that this was right when that area became overwhelmed with people fleeing Mexico. So that had a lot to do with it. They they basically turned the San Diego Convention Center into a migrant shelter because they couldn't house all these people. Here's the paragraph you wanted. California has the nation's highest cost-of-living adjusted poverty rate and one-third of the nation's welfare recipients. That's in 2020, when home building increased 6.1% nationally in California, where regulations have congealed construction, home building has declined 3.7%. In Texas, the median price of a home is three and a half times the state's median household income. In California, it is almost 10 times. The median home price in San Antonio is $226,665. In L.A., the median home price is $898,692. And here's the sentence you wanted. The state has more than half the nation's unsheltered homeless. Minneapolis is turning into Cal. I mean, right. because during that whole piece, I'm thinking, why do they keep electing? Why, why will Newsom win? Well, it, it, you're, the answer is clear. It, it's happening right here in Minneapolis. I think you know. I, I think I have a. I think I have a way to understand why we are electing. I, I think I understand why the people who get elected got elected. I, I'm going to play off a different story to, to reinforce that, but uh, that'll have to be coming up because right now I want to tell you that pizza and pull tabs are back okay. uh, at Red Savoy. And what you hold do up. now, you hold up, hold up. Hold hold up. up. Uh, at Red Savoy, there's also a great uh, red, uh, uh, a great September carryout special because they're trying to 
make us understand that, you know, the nation's, the world's small businesses are really dying for help. And Reds is encouraging people to stop into a restaurant and pick up their pizza like the old days. Picking up your pizza will help Red Savoy navigate the labor shortage. They're experiencing it like everyone else. That hasn't affected the quality of the pizza, by the way. Right now, you can get a large one-topping pizza with cheese bread for $22.99 when you pick up your pizza at any of Red's locations. So uh, download the Red Savoy app or visit SavoyPizza.com. And remember, you're going to get a pull tab tucked into every every box, and then you can win stuff. Mm -hmm. You can win uh, free pizza, pasta, wings, salads, cookies, pop, as well as money off your next purchase. You can even win the grand prize. Free pizza for a year. Pizza and pull tabs, that says... Minnesota style as it gets. Hey, become a part of the Chill Boys family like the entire Garage Logic staff and also so many of you GLers right now that have made your purchase for maybe for yourself or for somebody else. It doesn't matter because they are the hands down most comfortable underwear you will ever own. I promise you. They have a wide variety. It's performance boxers, bamboo boxers, bamboo boxer briefs. Just check out their website right now. Chillboys.com. There you can place your order for the comfortable boxers, or maybe you want a couple of cool t-shirts, sunglasses, whatever you want. Go online right now. Here's the coolest part. If you have an order over $40, it ships fast and free in the United States. Yeah, anywhere. They're a local Minnesota company, and they are so happy to be part of the Garage Logic family. They also have a really cool number of sale items that are going on right now. So do like we did. Become a part of the Chill Boys family, whether you want the performance, the bamboo, it doesn't matter. You're going to really be happy with your purchase at Chill Boys Brand on Twitter. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. This is Dylan Height. Yes, sir. On all instruments. So, fellas, my obsession with uh, seafoam deep creep, it just continues, rages on. Here's an email from Shane and Brainerd. I left my fencing players in the back of my ATV trailer for most of the summer. I went to use them the other day. They wouldn't open with a little splash of seafoam deep creep on each side. They immediately started opening and closing with no effort. Thanks for turning me on to a great product. And he attached a video and showed them working. It's amazing. They just drop open. And then he goes to say, uh, goes on to say, you'll probably want to know how many head I'm running when you see the video. But that's none of your damn business. Good <laughs> luck. <laughs> well, uh, Shane, I see forehead in the video, so I'm assuming you're running forehead. But what I can't believe is the f- fencing players that move uh, easier than actually most do when you pick them up brand new at the store. I have two pair, and on both of my pair, you have to use both hands to open them up. You know what my project is for this afternoon. I'll be soaking them. Uh, and we all know that seafoam engine treatment is the best possible thing you could do for your cylinders. And, and personally, I think it's my own personal mission to make sure that seafoam deep creep is the hottest selling penetrant and lube in the world. It's amazing. And like seafoam engine treatment, it's available everywhere. Seafoam truly is a wonderful product of, in a world of bad gas and rusty fencing pliers. Hey, Joe, really quick before you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about California pricing and whatnot. One thing I just wanted to throw in. So when, when I made the drive from Peoria, Arizona to San Diego, it's roughly five hours, about 350 miles or whatever. 
when you get to Yuma, which is on the border right. of California and Arizona, all yeah. their billboards for their gas stations yeah. say, want to pay twice as much for gas? Keep driving. Right. You know, <laughs> fill up now or you're going to spend twice as much. I just remembered that when we were sitting here during the break. Do you, you have that, the uh, uh, 610 to Yuma? Never mind. Uh, Never no, mind. Uh, Highway 8, because it runs parallel with the border. Oh, he's giving you some obscure song lyrics. <laughs> it's a movie. Uh, <laughs> do you still have that audio clip? of? I think the woman's name is Peggy Joseph, who was celebrating Obama's yes, yes, yes. victory. It occurs to me... Oh, right. Never going to have to pay for gas again? But it occurs to me there's, there's, there's much to be mined in that. Uh, Peggy Joseph took her daughter out of school early Wednesday for this. Her emotions ran high following Obama's speech. It was the most memorable time of my life. I, I, it was a touching moment because I never thought this day would ever happen. I won't have to worry about putting gas in my car. I won't have to worry about paying my mortgage. You know, if I, if I help him, he's going to help me. I think that what we're hearing there is uh, the woman believing or having developed the belief mm-hmm. that the government will be the answer to all her problems. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, this is difficult to talk about, and I want to be uh, careful. Uh, I want to refer to the story of the two teens who were killed a few days ago uh, in, Maplewood? A, in Maplewood. There were five teens in a stolen car, mm-hmm. and uh, two could not escape the car. I saw a picture of the car. It was just Phenomenally 100%, damaged, 100 yeah, percent damaged. Yep, gone. And one of the uh, dead children, uh, her his mother is being quoted here, and I I have to be very careful because obviously she's grieving and and it's very difficult to uh, I don't want to make her uh, the subject of criticism, but I I think it's fair of me to read her quote and extrapolate from it. In I other agree words, with you. Yep. In other words, reading her quote, I, it has nothing to do with her grief. Well, her quote. Not with her individual situation, but a greater point that needs to be made because a lot of people might feel the same way she does. Uh, it's a long piece today in the Pioneer Press. Uh, it is believed that that fatal crash may have been part of a game that kids have been playing at North St. Paul High School where they uh, they have a point system. You get so many points if you can get a cop to stop you or, or chase you, and you get so many points if you evade the cops. And on Friday, North St. Paul police saw, for the third straight day, a stolen car. For the third straight day. Each time an officer followed the car but called off the pursuit because someone behind the wheel was driving recklessly. But Friday's chase ended in tragedy, the city's police chief said Tuesday. Two passengers, 14- and 15-year-old students at North High School in North St. Paul, died when their 15-year-old friend crashed outside a home in Maplewood. The Ramsey County Attorney's Office has charged that teen with two counts of criminal vehicular homicide. The driver, who the Ramsey County Sheriff's Office said has a significant history of auto theft at age 15, uh, also faces a charge of fleeing a police officer in three counts of criminal vehicular operation. The school resource officer at North heard a rumor around school that this was a giant game, North St. Paul Police Chief Phil Babenroth said. 
She heard, the resource officer, there was a point scoring system amongst this group of kids where you get more points if you can have the cops pursue you and then get away, which is sad to hear this type of very dangerous game that it sounded like was being played. Elijah Thomas, 15, of Oakdale, and Marcaz Paramo, 14, of Maplewood, were the two boys who died, according to the Ramsey County Medical Examiner's Office. And three got away and were all later arrested, including the driver. Uh, and they're not named because they're juveniles. But once you're dead, you can be named. And, and these two, obviously not one of the five in the vehicle had a driver's license. No, and it's, uh, it's uh, these two, uh, literally children, were the unfortunate ones who did not escape this terrible, terrible wreck. Uh, Paramo's mother, now she'd be the mother of Marcos Paramo, 14. Paramo's mother said she doesn't want the driver held responsible for my son's death because he's not the one who caused it. Oh, that's a direct quote. Yep. I know he made some bad choices, and he should take responsibility for that, Tanya Gile said Tuesday of the driver. It's not his fault that they crashed. They were all friends. I blame the sheriffs and the police that pursued that chase for my son's death. Wow. And if you recall, that wasn't much of a pursuit. In fact, the police stopped because they lost sight of the car. That doesn't matter to mom. Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher, however, said the responsibility falls solely on the driver. Well, of course it does. Around 3.40 p.m. Friday, a Ramsey County Sheriff's deputy tried to pull over the stolen car in the area of North BB Road and East Holloway Avenue. When the driver kept going, the deputy followed west on Larpenter, but lost sight of the car near Clarence Street, according to a Friday statement from the sheriff's office. About three blocks later, without police pursuing it, because they lost sight of it. Mm-hmm. Remember, they saw this four same times. car. This is the fourth time yep, now. four times. Or three, three times. About three blocks later, the car crashed into a residential yard near Larpenter and Chamber. The sheriff's office said the incident covered almost two miles in two minutes. The Minnesota State Patrol will determine the vehicle's exact speed, but Fletcher said video indicated it was more than 90 miles an hour. These are residential? residential? These are residential surface streets. Oh. Because that's what I was going to ask to this mother. So let's say... The, the car crashed, the five children in the vehicle survived, but they hit, hit and killed a pedestrian. Would she feel the same way, that it's not the driver's the, fault? The, these kids have no sense of their own uh, mortality. None at all. About 20 minutes elapsed from where, when a North St. Paul officer pursued the vehicle Friday and a deputy spotted it and tried to pull it over, according to Fletcher. During that time, uh, that law enforcement had lost the vehicle. The driver and the occupants had an opportunity to park the car, get out, and leave, he said. Everyone in that car at that time in North St. Paul was chasing, was put on notice that this car was wanted by law enforcement. The North St. Paul officer who briefly followed the vehicle around 3.20 p.m. canceled the pursuit because that car he was following, driven by this 15-year-old, veered into oncoming traffic. Oh, my God. So they, the police did what they we're supposed to do. They said, back off. They said, hold up. Wait a minute. Right. Something ain't right. I'm not going to follow this guy. Something going to happen here if we keep continuing to After chase. the crash, three people ran from the vehicle while three others stayed inside, including the two who were critically injured. Thomas was pronounced dead at the scene in Paramo at Regions Hospital. This is horrible. It's, I'm sorry for your loss. According to the medical examiner's office, other people in the vehicle were taken to the hospital for evaluation and treatment, and the driver was the only one of the six who was not located immediately after the crash, but was taken into custody Friday night. 
He is being held at the Ramsey County Juvenile Detention Center, according to the county attorney's office. You're probably wondering, how am I linking this to Peggy Joseph's comments? Uh, well, you can get to that, but I've got some really controversial things to say here about this. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, Go ahead. I'm taking a pause I, here. It's a long all, story. All of these kids and their parents are guilty. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the one time where I'm going to throw grieving out the window. I always, I'm going to give a parent a year or two to grieve and say anything they want. Uh, in this case, I'm not giving them any more. The, the parents are just as guilty as the kids in this case. You've been talking about this for years and years, and this is a prime example. Well, this kid is 15 and six. How, many, quote? how many times have we said we were always more afraid of what our parents would do and we would, if we did something so bad that we landed in jail, we would prefer to stay in jail yes. because we knew what was going to happen when our when we got home to our parents. The the parents here are just as guilty as the kids are. There, I got it off my chest. Ramsey County commissioners said in November they have been hearing from people concerned about Fletcher's pursuit of a stolen vehicle in St. Paul, but they acknowledge he sets policy for his own department. Fletcher said at the time that his office allowed the pursuit of stolen vehicles, but that depends on weighing the risks. The primary risk we're concerned about is the innocent parties, Fletcher said. We're not, uh, we, we're secondarily concerned about the fleeing vehicle, but the risk that's the highest priority is for innocent persons who might be in the path. Fletcher, Fletcher said they're always looking at whether, uh, Fletcher knew this young man, by the way. Fletcher said they're always uh, looking at whether policy changes are needed, but he said we are not doing, listen to this quote now. We're not doing kids any favors by not attempting to hold them accountable when they steal cars or when they flee the police. When we don't try to hold them accountable, we embolden them to steal more cars and to flee more often. He's absolutely right. And what I'd like to hear one of the parents respond to that, the, the, the lady the, you know, that lost her son. I, I'd like to hear her response to that. I think what we're seeing, and I, I was trying to, I'm, I'm linking this. Uh, not the child's death. Uh, I'm linking the ideology expressed by the mother, uh, and I hope I'm not being unseemly. Uh, I'm trying to link this to why we get the people elected that we do. And I think this is especially true the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. I, I think... We elect the people we do because the constituency believes they're electing someone who's going to make their life easier for them uh, in a variety of ways. And thus you get this idea that, well, of course, uh, my son couldn't be at fault. This has to be the fault of the police. And then you, you keep finding candidates who would, uh, who would share that gospel with you. I mean, look at the attitudes of the St. Paul and Minneapolis City Councils regarding police. There's no respect There's, from a certain part of the demographic. You're 100% and, and correct. And so it's it's very easy for the voters in certain neighborhoods to believe that, well, I have to vote for candidate A because he or she shares my idea that the police are not to be trusted and that anything that would happen would not be the fault of my family member. No. That would be the fault of the police department. And right. you're getting that corroborated by the people you elect. Mm-hmm. And thus... These salons, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, are just packed full of anti-police people. Mm -hmm. And ones that hire private security. Yeah. And and, and so here's a a woman that, you know, in her grief, 
quite probably is being delusional here. You're you're that 15 year old ma'am not only needs to be held responsible, but should serve time. And not to mention, obviously, if mom feels that way about the police department, that trickled down to that 15 year old son, which is why he was in that car in the first place. Yes. Yes. Uh, we go on to learn that uh, uh, Hennepin, or I'm sorry, uh, County Board oh, Chairwoman Jesus. Tony Carter, I believe, is that, is that Melvin's mom? I think it is, uh, addressed Friday's fatal crash at a board meeting Tuesday saying she wanted to acknowledge the family's loss. I know we are thinking of them and will continue to do so as we explore and get additional information regarding that accident. In the case of the stolen vehicle in November, St. Paul police officers were not allowed to pursue it because the city department's policy specifies they can chase only if a person is committed or is about to commit a violent felony or the person's driving poses an imminent life-threatening danger. The sheriff's office, which is not subject to St. Paul's policy, allows pursuit of stolen vehicles as long as their risks don't become severe, Fletcher wrote last November. Marcos Paramo was at the Minnesota State Fair on Thursday after Fletcher made arrangements for him and other young people from his townhouse community to attend, according to Gile. And that was, uh, Gile is who? Uh, That's the mom. Yes. Yeah, the the mom. mom, A mom, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, And the sheriff. Fletcher spent time with them at the fair. Thursday's the day we talked about Uh, And they had a wonderful time, Giles said. Paramo, a freshman, went to North High School on Friday to get a ride after school with a friend, his mother said. When Fletcher found out that Paramo had been in the accident, he picked up Giles and drove her to the hospital. I'm heartbroken for the mother and for the family, Fletcher said. But Giles and her son, who she described as a smart, funny teen who dreamed of becoming an NBA player... uh, and Elijah Thomas should never have died. My main concern is I don't ever want this to happen to another child, she said. Again, creating the implication that it was the fault of the police. Which it was not. It's going to happen to other children, ma'am, if they don't stop stealing cars. My main concern is I don't ever want this to happen to another child, she said. My son didn't deserve for these police departments that chased him to not be considered of anybody's life that was in that vehicle. She's wrong. Wow. Of course she's wrong. She's just wrong. A cousin of Elijah Thomas, who said she thought of him as her nephew, wrote an open message in the media asking to help us change the narrative for him and not let this tragic car accident and the circumstances that surround it become his life legacy. He was so much more than that. Well, possibly he was. Uh, quite he probably he day. was. But not that day. He, he got in a oh. stolen car with a friend. How do you go from palling around with Fletch to getting into a, a stolen car and getting in a crash. How, I don't understand that. Well, the next day he went back to school at North, uh, North in North St. Paul, and, and we can suspect that possibly he was aware of this game that might have been being played there. It's called a game. It's a criminal activity. And that he knew people. I mean, this is just me. This is not a fact. This is me speculating that he might have known some kids who were playing that so-called game, and he was offered a ride, and he took the ride. And it was a stolen car they were riding in. Oh, 
It's a tough oh, way to lose a child. Meanwhile, it's so tragic. Meanwhile, the thoughts that were shared by this mother, this is why going back to our first topic of the day, I'm not confident that people will vote no because of the mindset of people like this this mother who sadly lost her child. Because mm-hmm. there's more of, more of her out there, Joe. That the responsibility lies solely in the teenagers and the family and the environment in which they were raised. You know, Joe, you had teenagers. I had a teenager. Guess what? They never went to jail. Reavers, uh, you're going to have a couple of teenagers at the same time. You're going to have your hands full. Yes, I am. Um, but uh, I'll bet you a million dollars they ain't going to see the inside of a jail. Nope. <clears throat> No, unfortunately, in my case, their father did, but uh, they didn't. <laughs> well, Still learn from dad. Learn from dad's mistakes. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, that's a heartbreaking, tragic story. Elijah Thomas, who was in tenth grade, uh, came to her family's farm the last summers to help them and love being with his family. Wrote Elena McMillan. He asked if this Labor Day weekend, he and the family. Uh, could go to his grandmother's house because he missed her. Elijah, uh, over six feet tall, all over six feet tall of him, would often come sit on the couch uh, next to me and lay his head on my shoulder. McMillan wrote, remembering the boy who learned to speak in nearly full sentences at the age of one and to swim when he was two. She said he loved children and was always holding the baby of the family at family functions and playing with the younger relatives. So what, what do you tell your kids? Peer pressure is BS. If your friends are trying to force you to some, do something you don't want to do, they're not your friends. I, I don't know what to what to say. You know, what do you do there? But because it, it sounds like they were, you know, pretty good kids, right? Sure. Minus the you know auto theft. Well, yeah, minus getting into a stolen car and playing the stupid game. Mm-hmm. Ninety plus on city streets. Mm-hmm. Come on. Well, and Nobody again, that's a that. that's a lack of knowledge about automobiles and driving. But and how they didn't kill anybody else? Yeah. How can you not think that this is going to kill me? But can you imagine a political candidate running for mayor? Like, can you imagine Bob Fletcher running for mayor? And part of his campaign stump, stump is, we're not doing kids any favors by not attempting to hold them accountable when they steal cars or when they flee the police. He'd be shouted down. He, would, he wouldn't get two votes. No, he'd be shouted down. Because right. he is speaking for convention, tradition, authority, respect, rules. The, the truth. He's speaking for the truth, and we're losing the truth. Are you getting a sense, too, with a lot of these stories that there seems to be a common theme? Being? the Being that there's too many people out there with too much time on their hands. When we were 15 in the summer, we all had jobs. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but I don't know. These kids don't have anything to do. That's the problem. No, they were in school all day. This was their after school okay, entertainment. But, why why, but why, instead of that, why aren't they involved in other things, whether it's employment, sports, music, wh- wh- whatever? These are parents that aren't... Mm, Kenny already went yeah. down that road. I don't need to. Yeah, I... Yeah. I wonder if anybody, we don't know yet who won the EcoFun bike that was uh, available to be registered for at the state fair. Tim hasn't told us who I, won the, the yeah, bike. he was going to email us. Well, they still have them in stock, and there's a lot of riding season left at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake, including all those gas-powered scooters that turn 
urban errands into adventures, drive responsibly, never turn from a main street, always cross a main street. That would be my tip on a little scooter. They have full line of Yamaha products and youth recreational equipment, helmets and apparel, and the best, the best fitting of the electric assist bikes you'll find anywhere, uh, maybe in the country. They're experts on the Bintelli e-bikes to get the right size, the right tires. Uh, you'll be really, really comfortable on your riding as we enter a great autumn riding season. Find out all you need to know at EcoFund Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here with a couple of questions for you. Are you noticing a decrease in the following? Maybe strength, endurance, enjoyment of life, libido, or maybe it's just a lack of energy. Are you tired of feeling exhausted even after you eat dinner? I've got an answer for you. You need to call my friends at Everest Men's Health. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every single area important to a man's overall health. And that allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It does not matter where you fall on the spectrum of men's health. The time is right now to come into Everest Men's Health and take the first steps toward realizing your best health possible. The great thing about Everest is their medical specialists look at the entire picture and they figure out what is causing these changes to you. They start with a full medical evaluation to check testosterone levels, important vitamin levels, blood levels, and overall body composition. And once they identify the deficiencies, such as low T or vitamin deficiencies, they create a personalized lifestyle program that can include testosterone, replacement, medication management, vitamin and natural supplementation, and exercise prescription and nutritional guidance. Trust me, Everest is fantastic and they provide a comfortable environment that is not intimidating like other medical clinics. They specialize in men's health and they can be your doctor for all your health needs and they will refer you to a specialist if needed. It's a wonderful environment and fantastic people. Go online right now to EverestMensHealth.com and you can call today to schedule your $50 testosterone test at any one of their three locations in Woodbury, Plymouth, and now in and please let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic podcast. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. So you're telling me you're going to buy a safe from a discount big box store? You think you're going to save some dough, don't you? Are you sure about that? Uh, are you sure that that safe, when put to the test, isn't actually a big old pile of crap. Do yourself a favor. Before you run off to the uh, pajama bottom store for a safe, click over to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Uh, take, a, take a look at the Liberty brand of safes. They're the best. They provide the best protection from thieves and fire and other calamities. And then do yourself another favor. Stop into Maple Grove Lock and Safe, 6901 East Fish Lake Road. Meet the owner, Rich. He's an easygoing, good stand-up guy. He's going to make sure you go home happy. And by happy, I mean knowing you spent that hard-earned money on a safe that not only best fits your needs, but a unit that will keep all of your uh, valuables secure in the event of evil, both man-made and natural. Rich, he sells other brands of safes too, but his shop in Maple Grove is the best place in the Midwest to pick up a uh, Liberty safe and get lock services. MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com. Let's return to this fatal crash. There's something we overlooked. Uh, we were wondering rhetorically, how I think you were, Chris, how Marco's Ramo could, you know, be at the fair on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Go to with go to school with, with Fletcher. Fletcher. With Fletcher, go to school on Friday and then end up in this car. Yep. 
the driver who the Ramsey County Sheriff's Office said has a significant history of auto theft also faces a charge of fleeing a police officer and three counts of criminal vehicular operation. This is in addition, in addition to the two counts of criminal vehicular homicide. It's not plausible that Marcos Param, Paramo would not have known that about this kid, the driver. No, not if this game was so popular. Oh, right, yeah. Well, right. Plus, kids in high school would know that, hey, you know, Jimmy stole a car about six times. Right. That, so it's not plausible that he didn't know what he was getting into. Because that seems to be an intimation of, of mom, too. It, it's just not, it's not plausible. And, and, and of that driver, the mom of Marcos is saying, it's not his fault. Yeah. yeah yes, I blame is. the sheriff and the police that pursued that chase for my son's death. That's, that's who you blame. You're blaming the wrong people, ma'am. They, it's a, it's they a, both it's, called it off. They called it off. They called it off. And then d- deeper to the story, she is quoted again, my main concern is I don't ever want this to happen to another child, she said, which clearly implies that she thinks if this happens again, it will not be the child's fault. This would be the fault of law enforcement. It, you know, Fletcher's about the only guy in the Twin Cities who's speaking his mind. Yeah, he is, and he's getting a lot of pushback for just, and by speaking his mind, he's speaking the truth. He, you know, come on. And then he had to go deal with this anyway, the fallout. He went he and picked up her. the mom and took her to the hospital. Yeah. Yep. That's terrible, ma'am. I'm sorry for your son. That's horrible. I, God, it's just, you, you never want to outlive a kid. I don't care what the circumstances are. That's terrible, and I, I'm sorry for you. Uh, but you've, you've got to shake off this, this attitude, uh, not just her. Uh, this attitude is prevalent in... In America, and it's it's harmful. Well, it's harmful to our country. And it country. has, it has been for years. You introduced, you stepped into this story, by way of playing that very very old soundbite from right. that delighted Obama voter, right. who but thought that everything was going to be handed to her. But something can't always be the fault of somebody else. And that's what we've right. turned into. Yeah, it's right. the blame society that we now live in. Yeah. Yep, it's just not true. We've lost the truth of the matter, the truth of the thing. And the thing is, you had a 15-year-old kid there with a, uh, who we don't know his name because he's alive and he's a juvenile, so he will not be named, with a significant. And why, in fact, if he had a significant history of auto theft, was he not maybe in a juvenile, juvenile detention, detention center? center? It'd be interesting to. Uh, uh, I, I hope uh, Mara Gottfried, who wrote this, I hope she stays with this story over the months and years. What, what, con- what consequence will this 15-year-old face for this? And think of the I mean, irony you don't, right you now. You don't put a 15-year-old in prison for life, do you? No, no. But think of the irony that's playing out right now. We were just monitoring the press conference in St. Paul where Choi is saying that we're not going to you know, uh, well, prosecute felons. And here, here was a kid that stole a car, and it resulted in him killing two of his buddies. Yeah, why wouldn't he see prison? That, I think it's because of be, the age. I think that's why. Yeah, but there's got to be charges there. Well, I don't know what the charges would be. Well, third it's, degree? It's up to Troy to bring the charges. Oh, he won't. He's the so Ramsey County go. attorney. So oh, no, he has go. to in this case. He has to. There's no way he can avoid that. Oh, 
Oh, we should lay down. So, no, let's not do that. Uh, let's, let me let's see. What was the what's the official charge, Joe? Uh, the unnamed 15-year-old driver is charged with two counts of criminal vehicular homicide, one charge of fleeing a police officer, and three counts of criminal vehicular operation. And he's 15, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find anything on here. Well, it's it, it's those are all chargeable, of course. He has to but be what ch- would be like the maximum sentence? That I, I that I don't know. That's what I'm going to see. If I, I don't can know find. if the youth's age factors sentencing. Uh, Why should it? Well, that's yeah. I, I, the families of both teens who died after are fundraising for their funeral expenses. Yeah. So there's GoFundMe pages for these uh, young people. All right. That's well, a shame. Uh, I, I, it's just an absolute shame to. I, you know what? I promise you, I'm going to end this show on such a positive note. You're uh, not going to believe it. I feel badly for what I said, but I don't think you should. Uh, uh, parents are at fault, and this this attitude of it's got to be the somebody else's fault is killing us. Literally killing us. The grief that those parents must feel, but you know. <clears throat> well, um, I got a positive note. You ready? Yeah. This is uh, an article that I just found that just surfaced uh, a few minutes ago. United States Treasury Secretary uh, Janet Yellen. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with her, Joe. Sure. She just warned congressional leaders today that the U.S. is on track to default on its debt sometime in October if Congress fails to raise the debt ceiling. Right. Yellen said the Treasury would likely run out of cash in the coming weeks and exhaust its extraordinary spending measures to keep the country within its legal borrowing limit. Once all available measures and cash on hand are fully exhausted, the United States of America would be unable to meet its obligations for the first time in our history, she wrote in a letter to Democratic and Republican leadership and the chairs and ranking members of several top committees. Oh, there's a bad moon rising. <laughs> We're being run into the ground by buffoons. You know what it we is? Need... We closed. We ought to meet. We ought to. Yeah. Well, we closed. We ought to cash. We ought to cash. I'm going to need we all, all need. We all need to take our paychecks right to the bank and turn it into green money and start burying it in our backyards. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know what to do about that. Well, well, what was the analogy we came up with? You you're keep... the only. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say you can't hit the ground when you jump out of the plane. If you, what was it? What? If you jump out of the plane without a parachute, yeah, you can't die if you don't hit the ground. <laughs> right. Wasn't that the analogy we came I, up I'm, with? I'm puzzled by where you're going. I don't you, know. You're the either. only. You're the only one that deals in cash, Such. Yeah, the I lead a cash life. I don't like we're plastic. Card happy. Mm-hmm. I even deal in cash sometimes when I buy a car. Well, you know what I'm saying? Isn't that, that nice? You know what? That's <laughs> that's where I should complete my dream. My dream has always been to walk into, like, you know, Schmel's. Schmel's Countryside. With a giant suitcase and just plop it right on the counter. <laughs> you can't you can't give a Schmel's more than $10,000 in cash. Oh. You can't? No, because drug laws then come into effect. They, really? It would be the suspicion of where did you get the cash. And, I always call well, that the Soprano law because that's where I learned that yeah, rule. Yeah. They always made oh. $9,000 deposits on the Sopranos. That's right. Yeah. 
But don't worry. At Schmelz Countryside, Maplewood, Southeast Quadrant of Highway 36 and 61, uh, not a problem. Uh, you can you can afford the uh, Volkswagens, Fiats, and Alfa Romeos. You can do it honestly and sensibly. Right now, there's 0% for up to 72 months on Fiats, 0% for up to 48 months on Alfa Romeos, and 0% for up to 36 months on all new Volkswagens except the ID4, the all-electric car. Uh, my brother continues, continues to enjoy his new Volkswagen Taos. They're in stock. And if cars, cars are becoming harder to buy in this country because of chip shortages around the world because these cars have some become so computer dependent. They have inventory at Schmelz. You'll be treated correctly. I've been shopping there for years and will continue to. Uh, check out the inventory at SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group, and this is a time of year we love in Minnesota. The leaves are changing colors, the kids are back in school, and the apples are ready to be picked. So what do apples and insurance have in common? When it comes to getting an insurance quote, many people want an apple-to-apples comparison. We can't do that at Canopy. Here's why. The Canopy Group, we believe our clients deserve only the best insurance coverage for the best price. That's why we only offer our clients combined single-limit coverage. Many captive carriers, meaning they only have one option, offered split limit coverage. That means they can change what they pay you for a claim depending on how it fits. The type of coverage leaves you open to gaps and on the hook at claim time. This doesn't sound good to us and it isn't good for you. At the Canopy Group, we're often able to increase coverage from split limit to combined limit, single limit coverage and save clients money. If you want an apples to apples comparison, be prepared. The Canopy Group's apples are much bigger and better than the competition. To make sure you're getting the best insurance, call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Reality with a bite. The Joe Shushere Show. Easy for me to say. GLers, keep this name in mind. Our new partners at Mosaica Hard Surface. If you're looking for something to do inside your home, maybe outside of your home, they are your go-to place because they specialize in the sourcing, supply, and installation of hard surface-based materials such as granite, marble, and quartz for, you know, your kitchen, your bath, your fireplace, bar, outdoor kitchen, anywhere that you dream up, they are going to get it done, done right, and also get it done under budget. They're owned by a couple of GLers. Corey and Jay are the team. They're at Mosaica, and they are the best in the business. There's a lot of people out there that are doing this, but they are the absolute best. They've been around for 20 years, and they do things the GL way. They only use the best surface materials. Give them a call today. Corey can be reached at 651 651- 242-0894. You can stop by that showroom and say hi, or just visit them online. Their website is mosaicahardsurface.com. Joe, that's M-O-S-A-I-C-A dot com. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I promised you that I would end on a higher note. <laughs> it's been a tough show. By the way, before yeah. I get to the higher note, Stacy, the GL geologist, wow, weighs in a 7 Oh, earthquake near the coast of Guerrero, Mexico, near Acapulco. That is a major league earthquake. Uh, You ever been to Acapulco? Nope. I've been to, uh, what's that town? Uh, Cancun. Been there and on the other side. Uh, Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. I like Puerto Vallarta. That's a beautiful city. I had my honeymoon there. Did you? Yep. 
Uh, large quake in Mexico, Stacy reports, appears to have caused significant damage. And she said, great seeing you all at the fair. Oh, thanks for the beer, Stace. Uh, Howard alerted me to this. And uh, yes, Howard, I have your song. Uh, this is This is just fantastic. Two young kids in Batesville, Indiana, and they look to be about maybe seven, eight, nine. Okay. They're riding their bikes when they came upon a, a funeral for a U.S. veteran. They hopped off their bikes, stood at attention with their hands clasped oh, behind their backs. Come on. They did the gun salute, and the boys jumped back on their bikes and went on their way. Uh, this is posted by a woman uh, named Jackie Hornbach. Hornbach had initially debated on whether to post about the moment online, but eventually decided with all the negative things going on, it was needed. Hornbach said the Batesville community is very patriotic to begin with. Moments like this made her realize that there is so much good left in the world. Can I give a fanfare on that one, please? Oh, Oh, thank you. That's even better. There's a picture of the two kids standing like this. Come on. Yep. I got a feeling Batesville isn't real close to any tall building. Probably not. (laughs) Can I see the picture, please? Oh, man, I'm going to start crying. Indiana boys hop off their bikes to pay respects after running into military veterans' funeral. Mm-mm-mm. Now you know what, Kenny. You know what this is an example of. That's the other side of the parenting, parents isn't that it? are doing it the right way. I held the door open for a couple of punks at a race uh, over the weekend. I they had to be less than ten. They looked up at me and said, "Thank you, sir," and then took off like bats out of hell. That's the way t- kids are supposed turned, to behave. Turned and looked back at their dad, and he just gave me that wink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> yeah. Told you I'd end on a bright yes, note. Yes, you did. That's I'm, I'm glad you saved that for the very end. And Here we go. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lyman's. Lyman's. Uh, it was on this day that a tornado moved through Hennepin, Ramsey, and Washington counties, killing nine. White Bear Lake was the hardest hit. 1884 on this day, September 8th. On this day in 1906, the celebrated trotting horse Dan Patch paces a mile in 155 at the state fair, setting the world record. And in 1919, the Minnesota legislature ratified the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, granting women the right to vote. Prior to the federal government, the state's women's the state's women had been permitted to vote only in elections for school officials and library officials since 1876 and 1898, respectively. Women had been permitted to vote for presidential electors since March 24, 1919, but a presidential election allowing them to exercise that right was not held until 1920. And on this day in 1975, Deborah Montgomery was the first woman admitted to the St. Paul Police Academy she eventually rose to the rank of lieutenant. And finally, on this day. Today. Today, in 1991, on September 8th, philanthropist Eleanor Lawler Pillsbury died at the age of 104. She had been involved with the Women's Association of the Minneapolis Symphony Orchestra, the National Society of Colonial Dames, 
Minnesota Planned Parenthood and the Friends of the Minneapolis Institute of Arts. Huh. So she was spreading her bucks around, huh? All right. Uh, I am making that that story available on the Garage Logic social media channels for people that would like to. Uh, I thought you were going to say you were making an announcement that you're running to Grunhoffers. <laughs> well, I can do that too. <laughs> you haven't issued a warning lately. It's been a while. You're yeah. right. Well, it's not. I mean, is late summer meatloaf season? Because I equate hey. meatloaf season hey. with you know. Hey. Stop weather. talking. Stop yeah. talking. Yeah. You barely have to get off the freeway. Really? You keep your foot down northbound <gasps> 35W RE. On uh, through the Forest Lake split, first exit. What is that? Highway 97, right? Yeah, that's where the new Grunhoffers is. Take a right, go three quarters of a mile. It's right there. Really? Mm. That is a faster and, way. And and this is better for Reavers, right next door to a liquor store. Boom! Boom! It's a boom. <laughs> Four meatloafs and uh, beer. Spence, can you put like a drive-through on the side of the door too, so I don't even have to get out of the car? <laughs> I'll That's, take five meatloaves to go. We're please. talking about Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats. We just love the place. They've been with us since the start of the podcast in 2018. That original location, of course, is on Highway 61, just north of Hugo, for just in, incredible, incredibly flavorful brats and meatloaves and bacon and ham and wagyu steaks and sides of beef and quarters of beef and he'll have hogs and lambs coming in and you can really uh, help yourself beat the prices at the grocery store because like everything else grocery store prices are going up and uh, Grunhoffers want you to know they can help you with anything that walks on four legs that's how good they are they'll take care of everything Mm -hmm. at Grunhoffers old-fashioned meats in Hugo highway 61 just north of Hugo and the new location just off uh, 35e on highway 97 uh, it would be east, go east on 97, That's and boom, right. there's a brand new Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Thank you, GLers. Mm-hmm. GLers, do us a favor and join the thousands of people that have subscribed to the Garage Logic YouTube channel. A lot of really cool videos that we posted during the week, uh, the week plus run at the Minnesota State Fair, so be sure to check those out. You know what she told me today? What's that? You better not be going on TV today with that face. Oh. Because I had some uh, some dried Mustard. skin and stuff. And she said, don't use my washcloth to get rid of that. You get your own. Wow. <laughs> so it was a good day at home. So here I am on TV. How can you tell? I look pretty good. You're still yeah. looking at the wrong camera. I know. What Over here. Yeah. 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 There we go. You have toothpaste on your shirt, though. No, I don't. Not today. Not today. That has happened. <laughs> he got that cleaned up. We'll catch you tomorrow, bruh. <laughs>